Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians in chapter number three. We're going to begin in verse one and we'll read into our text, which begins uh, tonight in verse number 12. Philippians in chapter number three. <clears throat> it's been a few weeks since we've uh, had opportunity to be back in the book of Philippians. And, and so we'll do a little bit of review as we get into it. But verse number one, uh, Philippians in chapter number three, uh, Paul is really beginning to address um, a new subject in the letter. Um, still, though, it's very much focused on Christ. And so that's, that is a continued theme. And, but he's, he's addressing a very specific matter. And we'll look at it now in verse number one. Finally, my brethren, he says, rejoice in the Lord. To, to write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. And, and so he's saying right there, um, in fact, if you, just, if you just meditated and applied the first part of the verse, rejoice in the Lord, that'll solve a lot of life issues. Just that right there, rejoicing in the Lord. So he says to remind you of these things, it's not a grievous thing, but rather it's, it's for your own good. It's, it is safe. And, and here's why. Verse two, he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. In other words, he's saying if all of life was about those things, I attained it. I reached it. But life is not about all those things. All right. So that brings us then uh, to verse number seven. He explains that what he thought was advancing him and being in favor with God actually was working against him. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, that's such an important part of, uh, of our text here. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. And then this, this focus, that I may know him, that I may know him, I hope that's, that is um, the, the drive, the passion in your life that I may know him. We can get away from that. Isn't that right? That I may know him. 
Um, I've got notes here in my Bible from when Brother Terry Unruh preached. By the way, it's good to see uh, uh, the Unruhs here. Uh, sure glad uh, for Jeremiah and Abby. They've been out on deputation and they're here. And so that's a real blessing. Uh, but I remember his dad preaching this passage about knowing Christ personally, powerfully, painfully, and practically. Some notes I took on that message. But that, that focus that Paul had, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And then here's our, here's our passage, okay? So let me read verse 11 again. If, any, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, all right, anybody here perfect tonight? If, if you are, you don't really need this message. You just quietly be dismissed, right? But Paul says, I am not perfect. Neither already, we're already perfect. But notice what he says right here. But I follow after. I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also... I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I wish I could preach these tonight like they ought to be preached. You know, I uh, know this takes the Holy Spirit of God, but I'm telling you, these are some great verses right here and be a great help to all of us. He says, I press toward the mark. I press toward the goal. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Tonight, I'd like to preach to you about the most important goal in your life. The, more, the most important goal in your life. You say, well, wouldn't everybody have different goals? Everybody's different. No, this is the, if you're a believer tonight, this is the most important goal in your life. The most important. If you didn't know it's the most important goal in your life, then this is a very important message for you. If you did know it's your most important goal in life, it's a good reminder for you. Okay, we need it. The most important goal in your life. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. Let's pay good and serious attention to such an important passage here tonight. <clears throat> In the uh, book, The Vance Havner Devotional Treasury, the author wrote this. He says, I shall never forget uh, Dr. R.A. Torrey um, saying to me as a young preacher, so this is older preacher, he's preached a good while, saying to a younger preacher, young man, make up your mind on one thing and stick to it. Make up your mind on one thing and stick to it. He went on to say, the Christian life should be like a sword with one point, not like a broom ending in many straws. That's pretty good. Such a singular purpose or single purpose Forgets the past, reaches towards the future, pre and presses on. There is no time or place for side issues, diversions to the right or to the left. 
There's no place for hands on the, I'm sorry, there's, there is no place for hands on the plow and looking back. It's just got to be a looking forward. Paul, he says, was a one-track man, but you can go a long way on one track. A one-track man. So uh, I want you to think about uh, your goals here tonight and your most important goal. I believe there's a danger for all of us that we would have too many goals. Too many goals. Uh, I mean, now, let me... Let me set this up right, because obviously you're going to have goals. You're going to have all kinds of goals. You're going to have financial goals. I think it's good. You may be going to say, I'm going to set this much aside every month. We live on a budget. I track that. Monday's my day to go over our finances and, and categorize everything, you know, where our spending is going, you know, and, and trying to track that, setting money aside for a goal, for goals. I mean, you're going to have financial goals. You're going to have marriage goals. Maybe your marriage goal is to, to get that way. Married, uh, or you've got other goals in, within your marriage. If you are married, there's academic goals like maybe this, like to pass, to graduate. Uh, you've got academic goals, personal goals, health-related goals, um, weight loss goals, or you did it the first of the year, uh, fitness goals, bucket lists, goals for your home. I mean, you got things you want to do, you know, in a, in a year. And, and so you got goals for your home, right? And, and then church goals, we've got goals here. We try to um, have some planning and thinking about, you know, what our goals have been and what, what our goals are, bus goals, class goals. Uh, I mean, really, that, was, that didn't take long to generate that list. I mean, we've got a lot of goals in life. There are. There's just a lot of goals, and I think that that's healthy. I, I, every year, you know, maybe like many of you, I sit down and I look back at what uh, was accomplished in the last year and then look ahead uh, to the next year. We just had our staff planner day uh, all day yesterday. Uh, we, uh, we, work, we try to work hard, you know, from August with a new theme until December and, and getting all the big rocks of our calendar year set in place and then also all the activities. I mean, it's, it's really quite a process, uh, you know, to plan all the activities of a coming year and put that on a calendar. Anyways, we had, we had that day. We had some goals in 2021 and, and we all agreed that some of them were so good that they made our list for 2022. You get that? You don't get all your goals finished, right? How many of you got goals like that? You had goals for this year and maybe you set those, you know, at the, at the end of last year. And, um, and, but hey, wait, think about this. You probably accomplished more than you did in 2020, right? So that's kind of feels nice. Uh, uh, so anyways, um, but maybe you had some goals that, you know, were on the list last year. And now it's on the list again this year. I, I'm going to tell you tonight, there's one goal I know you didn't reach. And needs to be back on the list this next year. And should Jesus Terry is coming um, and we see the year 2023, it needs to be on that on that list. And then if it, he tarries until 2024, it needs to be on that list. And as long as you're on this list, there's one goal you're never going to completely reach. And it needs to be on your goal goal list every single year, including this year. It's the goal that Paul was talking about. Paul, uh, Paul had goals. I, 
I believe Paul wanted to see people saved, obviously. But I'm telling you tonight, seeing people saved, I, I know this may not sound, um, this may not sound right initially, but his main goal was not trying to see as many people saved as he could. I mean, he wanted to see as many people saved, no doubt, as he could, and that would have been one of his goals, but that was not like his goal. It wasn't to get to as many cities as he could. It wasn't to be as many, any church, as many churches as he could, to visit as many towns and villages. He had one goal, one driving goal that really ought to be every one of our goals, and that was this, to know him. To know him. That was his goal, to know him. And, and then you might say, well, wasn't his goal to be like him? That was a result of knowing him. I, I'm asking God to help me tonight because I, I, I really believe that, that this, is, this is on the pulse of biblical Christianity for every one of us, that we would have our hearts and minds and our souls, regardless of who you are here tonight and, and regardless of how old you are, it ought to be your goal in life I want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know it's easy just to say that. I mean, it sounds, it sounds preachy to say it. It sounds like something a preacher ought to say. You ought to know him. You ought to know him. And, and certainly we ought to, we ought to know him. And, and it ought to be said. But, but listen, I, I pray that everybody here tonight would really pause and make sure that that is your overarching, dominant, primary, ultimate goal in life is I want to know him. As the heart panteth for the water brook, so panteth my soul for God. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. Do you have that desire? I, I believe for all of us it can come and it can wane. It can, it can be there and it can be gone, but it, but it ought to be every one of our desires. I want to know him. I want to know him personally. Hey, uh, this isn't just for preachers. If you got that in your mind, well, that's a preacher goal right there. That's a missionary goal right there. Missionary wrote that. Preacher wrote that. That's a preacher goal. No, that's a Christian goal. That's a Christian goal. It's a Christian's goal. Uh, young man, young lady, it ought to be your goal. Mom, dad, it ought to be your goal. Preacher, it ought to be your goal. Ch staff member, it ought to be your goal. Professor, it ought to be your goal. Teacher, it ought to be your goal. To know him to follow hard after him. Paul, uh, Paul was concerned. Here's why he was concerned. He was concerned because the Philippians, uh, the Philippian believers could get caught up in an endless pursuit of, of performance acceptance. And that's what was being emphasized. The last time we were together in Philippians, we, we really tried to drive home this, this thought. Stop performing and start pursuing. Stop performing and start pursuing. Because every one of us can pursue a lot of good things. I, I mean, even in the realm of Christianity, uh, biblical Christianity, um, you can make your whole Christian life about Christian service. Right? Is this making sense to anybody here? You can make your whole Christian life about working, serving, knocking doors, all those things. And those are good things, but it's not your ultimate goal. And uh, your Christianity is, is not based on a list. It wasn't a list that changed Paul's life. It was a living savior and a relationship with him. 
And that certainly needs to be emphasized. And I, hey, listen, I, I'm not saying that, well, you know, just don't have any standards. That's not it at all. But the essence of our Christianity cannot be our standards. The essence, the heart and soul of our Christianity needs to be this. I want to know him and I want to please him. Paul was concerned. They, they had a group coming in that was emphasizing a works-based salvation. And, and they, they were uh, saying, you know, if you really want to be right with God, then you got to keep the dietary law. And if you want to be right with God, you got to be basically a Jew. You got to be a Jew. You got even though you're Gentile, you got to be circumcised. Even though you're Gentile, you've got to keep all the law. And, and that's the way that you would be saved. That was, that's what they would emphasize among the Galatians. Colossians was a little bit different. Philippians, it maybe was on the out on the onset of this. And so he caught it fairly early, but it was a performance based acceptance with God. It's saying this, if I do this, God's pleased with me. If I don't do this, then God's not pleased with me. And you can get into that performance-based acceptance and, and then you're, you're trying to earn God's favor. And I'm telling you tonight, that'll wear you out. But if you make your pursuit to know him, that'll be fulfilling. Okay, uh, so he, he's concerned about them. He says, beware of dogs, beware of the workers, beware of concision. And that was those that was emphasizing the outward forms to the neglect of a personal relationship with Christ. They thought they could achieve in the flesh that which you could actually only receive by the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, your flesh is not trustworthy. You got to have a relationship with the Lord to grow and, and to be right with him. And so Paul had to give a lot up and he's given his personal testimony. He's saying, listen, I've, I've already been down that road. I've already, I've already seen that none of these things here that he lists in verses four, five, and six, he says, none of those things were profitable. And that's all the things that they were emphasizing that if you'll do these things, then, then God will be pleased with you. And he's saying, listen, that's not where it's at. But I'll tell you where it is. It's in a personal relationship with, with Christ. And he says, all those things that I thought were helping me to advance, they didn't mean anything. In other words, he had a bunch of goals that instead of helping him to get closer to God, actually were drawing him further away. Now, I'm not saying that those goals are in and of themselves necessarily wrong. In fact, a lot of those things were things that God wanted of a person in their life and where they were and were fine. And there's a lot of things that you may have as goals that may be good goals, but is it taking you away from the number one goal, that of knowing Christ? Okay. And so Paul is, is uh, emphasizing that. He's concerned about them. And he really wants them to have a relationship with Christ. And, and I, I got to tell you, folks, uh, that's... That's, that's my desire as your pastor is that you would just have a real, vibrant, growing relationship with Christ. That you would not come to church and go through motions, that you would, you would have daily time reading your Bible. Listen, listen in fact, I thought about a, a possible subtitle for this. It's knowing Christ, not checking off a bunch of boxes. Because if you're just checking off boxes and we got the, you know, the Bible reading guide and I think that's a good tool. I've gone through the same this year and I found myself along the way just checking off. Yep, got that, got that done. Finally got through all the names in Ezra. <laughs> but it's not about checking off boxes. I want to know him. Yep, had my prayer time today. No, it's not it. I want to know him. Um, yeah, we get to serve the Lord, but, but I want to know him. 
Um, isn't it ironic? I, um, isn't it ironic that doing all these Christian things, all these things that somehow we can still miss it? We still miss it. And, and, and being responsible and, and, and um, taking care of a lot of things. But, but listen, um, at the very heart and soul of this has got to be a desire to really know the Lord and have a relationship with Him. And, and I realize that is so very basic. I acknowledge that. That is so basic. And yet it's so deep. It is so deep. It is the one thing that Paul wanted them to do. The one thing that he wanted to do. I want to know him. I wish I could get that across tonight like it's in my heart. I want to know him. I really, I, I really want to know him. I'm talking about personally, but I, I'm also desirous for you as well. And I think that's your desire. I really do want to know him. I want to spend time with him. I want to, listen, that's not mysticism when it's reality that he's real. And you can have time with him and, and spend meaningful time with him and grow in him and look forward to having time in his presence. Oh, please, don't look at this as just, well, this is just another Wednesday night. Maybe it's God's arresting your attention right here tonight and say, hey, I want to know you. And I know you. By the way, God is always previous. Somebody said that God is always previous. He's the one that initiates all these things. Paul says, I want to know him. That's the goal in my life, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. In other words, he, he's a living savior and I, I want to know the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings and, and being made conformable unto his death. In other words, he's saying, as I get to know him, I'll be more like him. And that ought to be a goal for every one of us. I want to be more like Christ. Do you, do you want to know him? Do you want to be more like him? Then, then here's the path that Paul is saying. I, I want to know him. I want to be made conformable unto his death. If by any means, look at verse 11 again, if you would, please. If by any means I might attain into the resurrection of the dead. Now we talked about that last time, but basically it's this. If you just let me just kind of get right to it. I believe what Paul is saying, <coughs> pardon me. <laughs> he's saying this. I sure would like to be alive when he comes again. I sure would, I sure would love to be alive when the rapture takes place. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to, to, to be a part of that generation that is raptured out? By the way, Paul believed in an imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning this, it could happen at any time and it happens prior to the tribulation and God has not appointed us under wrath, but to obtain salvation, to be delivered. But, but wait a minute, wait a minute, we could miss it. We could miss it right here. Paul's not saying, oh, I hope that I get raptured out of here like the emphasis on being out of here. Although being out of here every now and then sounds good. You know what I mean? Just because this is a wicked world and this is a wicked flesh and maybe you get tired of struggling and, and dealing with your flesh and you get disappointed in yourself and, and there you go again. <laughs> right? You're, you ever had that God, it's me again moments. <laughs> there I go again. There I failed again. And, and, and this is so difficult. And this is, I can't wait for the rapture just to get me out of here. That wasn't Paul's focus. Right. Although he, he well, he would have had no choice in the matter how Jesus come again and he would have been out of there and there wouldn't have been a problem with that. Are you following me? But that wasn't his focus. His focus was this. I hope that I get raptured out of here so that I know him perfectly. Amen. You see the difference? And that way it's not selfish. It's more this. I really want to know him. In fact, I know that when I get raptured out or I die, I'll know him perfectly. You follow me? that I might attain into that. I, I haven't attained Christ-likeness. Now, I think both of these are playing together here. 
I think he is saying, I've not yet attained. We're going into verse 12 now. Um, I've not yet attained. I, I do believe what Paul has in mind is I have not reached the state of spiritual perfection. I have not. Nobody has. I want to keep growing. And the, but, but again, the emphasis goes back to verse number 9 and 10, to be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying, I don't work to attain my salvation. I want to serve him. I want to work because I am saved, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, those things. So that's, that's his emphasis. I want to know him, and, and then I want to grow in him, and I haven't reached that state yet. I don't know him as well as I want to know him. Now, here's a man... Here's a man who'd been saved at this point probably about 30 years. Here's a man that most of us would agree, of all the men that God has used, most likely we would agree on this. Paul is a prime superior theologian. Now, he would never say that, but we would think, man, if anybody knows the Lord Jesus Christ, it's Paul. Paul says, I want to know him more. And I haven't reached where I need to be. And I want to keep growing. I want to keep spending time with him. I want to be in his presence. I want to know him. Don't get caught up in this rat race of trying to work, your, work God's favor into your life. No, you, you'll never do that. I've already been down that road. It's a dead end street. But I'll tell you what's a road that, that really leads to someplace wonderful. And I haven't been to all the places that, that it'll take you because I'm still on the journey myself. And that's knowing him in the different seasons of life. Hey, listen, don't get complacent in your Christian life. Here's a man who had known the Lord for many years and had experienced many things with the Lord, but he was not bored with Jesus. I believe that's a problem that we have in American Christianity and maybe even right here at Southwest Baptist Church is that we can just kind of get humdrum or ho-hum with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, listen, all we need to do is just get a fresh glimpse of him again and see that he's so wonderful. And you haven't learned everything about him that you think that you know or that you even need to know because you haven't experienced everything in life that you're going to experience in life. And you need him at those various times of life. And so life is an adventure. It's not a boring trail. <laughs> Oh, I want to know him. I want to know him. Paul says, I've not yet got there. Verse 12, let's look at it again together. Not as though I've already attained, either we're already perfect, but here's what I do. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm falling after. It's present tense and active. You get that? It's present tense and active. That means it's ongoing. I chase after him. I follow after him. It is a, it is a term that was used in the Olympic games, uh, the Grecian games of their time, a race. He says, I am racing after him. It's used in hunting. I'm, 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 uh, I'm pursuing after him. I'm stalking after him. I'm going after him. I'm in hot pursuit. I'm, I'm, I'm racing to try to follow him. Now, listen to this. When they were in the Grecian games in the Olympics, they were in those games because they were citizens. They didn't race to become a citizen. They raced because they were citizens. Hey, we're in this Christian race because we are citizens of heaven if you're saved here tonight. You don't race in order to become a citizen. And watch this. If they, if they did not please the judge, which by the way, that was the main thing that they would look for, is that at that bema seat, that's a Greek term, that the judge would say, yes, they are not disqualified. They did the rules. They did everything right as, as far as the race. They didn't try to trip another runner. They didn't take a shortcut. Yes, they are approved. In other words, here he is. He is, he is qualified to be considered for the medal, for the award, 
whatever as it would turn out to be for that individual. Paul says, I don't want to be disqualified, but wait a minute. If they were disqualified, then they did not lose their citizenship, but they could lose their reward. Paul says, I'm, I'm pursuing after. I've got, a, I've got the finish line in my sights. I'm, I'm headed towards that goal. I'm telling you, a runner gets in trouble when he starts looking here and he starts looking there. You better look straight on. Have you seen some of those races? I mean, this guy, I mean, he's been booking it all the time. And he looks back just one time to see where everybody else is and somebody just flies by him. Paul says, I've got one goal. I've got one main goal. That ought to be everybody's goal here. Yeah, but preacher, I've got a lot of other goals in life. That's okay, as long as that's your main goal. You say, yeah, but isn't some of my other roles, aren't they important, like my career? Sure, it's important, but it's not as important as you knowing Him. You listen to this tonight? Uh, yeah, but I, I'm, a, I'm a spouse, or I'm married, or I want to be married, and I want to be a good husband, I want to be a good wife. Man, that's a great goal. More people need that goal right there. But I'll tell you, your main goal and your main role is not that you're a husband or that you're a wife, but that you're a Christian and you ought to have a relationship with him. Watch this. And if you'll make your goal in life, I want to know him. He'll make you more like he is and that'll make you a better spouse. Oh, I want to be a good parent. I want to be a, a great parent to my, to my kids. That's a great goal. But you can't just get focused on that goal because that will lead you down a different trail. Is this making sense right there? But if you'll say, I really want to follow him, he will make you the kind of parent or grandparent that I believe you want to be in the first place anyways. And it will be a result of knowing him, not you setting your goals on, I want to be a good parent. I want to be a good preacher. I want to be a good pastor. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good bus worker. I want to be a, I want to be a good worker. All those things. That's great and worthy goals. But here's what will accomplish all of those. And here's basically what Paul's getting at. The one thing that affects everything is knowing him. Just knowing him. Make that your goal. Mercy nice. sakes alive. Make that your goal. I press after. All right, back to verse 12. I follow after if I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brother Brett, you mind stand up just real quick. Just stand up and kind of act like you're headed that way. Watch this. Here's what Paul's saying. Somebody laid his hand on him. Did you feel that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And when he did, Paul turned around from where he was headed towards Damascus. I may, hang on, let's do that again, slow motion. A loving hand laid hold on Paul. Here here was a man who had his own agenda, had his goals and what he was going to do and thought he was right. Listen to me, thought he was right. Thought he was justified in doing it. Headed his direction, doing his thing, but a loving hand said, wait a minute. And it apprehended him. The word apprehended literally means lay hold on him. Lay hold on him. And so then Paul says he turned and followed Christ and wanted to apprehend that for which he was apprehended. He want, is that, Are you getting this? He says, I want to lay hold on that for which I was laid hold on. He laid hold on my life. A living Savior lay hold on his life. Well, today, if you're saved, if tonight you're saved, then a living Savior, lay hold on your life. 
And you ought not wiggle out of that. You ought not shrug that off and go on your merry way. No, because it won't be a merry way. But here's what you ought to do. He laid hold on me. I want to turn and follow him. Thank you, Brother Brett. You may be seated. That's what Paul is saying. I want to apprehend that for which I also am apprehended. Hey, listen, uh, some of you today, maybe you did grow up in church. That's a wonderful blessing and privilege. But don't forget the day that you were saved as a little child, perhaps, and the day that he laid hold on you. That started something, friend. That was not the end of it. That was just the beginning of it. He started that. He's before everything. Oh, mercy. He laid hold on your life. What is more important than that? Who is more important than that? You're, you're not going to find fulfillment in your achievements and your goals and your dreams and your career if they're taking you away from the one that laid hold on your life. I want to apprehend that for which I was apprehended. I'll never forget the day as an eight-year-old boy, he apprehended me. He gently, lovingly laid his hand on me and told me I wasn't saved. And thank God for the day I trusted him as my Savior. But then I even strayed away from him. I didn't lose my citizenship because you can't. I was in his family forever and so are you if you're saved today. But I remember straying away from him, doing my own thing, kind of interested in what I was interested in, both in sports and in girls. And maybe not necessarily in that order. But, but I, was, I was going after what I was interested in. But I thank God for the day when I was faltering and failing and, and going back into sin and wishing I could be free from it. I thank God for the day when he just reminded me again, hey, I'm the one that's supposed to be most important important in your life. And he apprehended me not to get saved again, but he, he laid his hand on my life and said, I'll help you overcome what's in your life. And I'll give you a meaning for living and I'll give you a purpose in life. In fact, he is the purpose for life. Amen. Amen. I want to apprehend that for which I was apprehended. And I hope that you do as well. He's laid his hand on you, friend. He's laid his hand on you. Every one of you, if you're saved tonight, he's laid his hand on you. And you may think, well, I'm, he hadn't laid his hand on me. I'm not a preacher. Listen, get that far out of your mind. That's not what it's about at all. He's laid his hand on Paul because he wanted a relationship with him. And he's the living Savior. He's laid his hand on you as well, regardless of what your age is. He's laid his hand on you. You ought to go after him. Are you pursuing? Or are you just kind of, uh, uh. God save us from high. Amen. I don't see uh, in here in Philippians. I don't see Paul saying, yeah, I kind of follow him every now and then. No, he says, I follow after. It's intense. It's a race. It's a run. He's saying, I follow after if I may apprehend that for which I was apprehended in verse 12 of Christ Jesus. Brethren, it's like Paul saying, hey, are you paying attention to this? Brethren, sistren. Sisters, brothers, are you listening to this? Don't miss this. Please don't miss this. You'll miss the most important goal of your life. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, this one thing, this one thing. It's kind of like what Jesus said about Mary as she was at his feet. He, she is challenging the one thing that's needful. Sometimes we treat the one thing that's needful as though it's kind of optional. And then we treat all the other things that are optional as though they're essential. Where our priorities are all mixed up. Pursuing after all kinds of other stuff and, and things. I, I, hey, thank God he loads us with all kinds of benefits. There's all kinds of blessings in life. But I'm telling you, there's no blessing like having a right relationship with him. Amen. 
Doesn't matter how handsome he is, how beautiful she is, how, how wealthy it might make you or how popular you might be if this was accomplished or how advanced you would become if you could only, oh mercy, stop chasing after all those things and pursue him. Look at it. How do I do that? 13, forgetting those things which are behind. All those things that everybody thinks will make their life fulfilled, just like what they said, the Jews, those Judaizers were saying, oh, you got to have this, you got to have that. Paul says, I tell you what I did, I just forgot all that and I just pursued him. Forget all that. Forget all your accomplishments. Forget all, all those things. Just follow him. Forget your failures. Don't let your failures keep you from following Him today. Forgetting those things which are behind. And then, then this word, look at it, reaching forth. It literally means this, straining. Straining. Can, can you feel it? Can you sense it? It's like, it's like every, every muscle, every fiber, every nerve. I mean, strain. You see sometimes as those, especially as they're nearing the finish line, how that they, they, how they strain, they reach out, they're straining. Or, or you, you see that, that, uh, that wide receiver as he's caught the ball and running it. Now he, he dives for that quarterback, that running quarterback dives for the pylon. I mean, it's, it's stretching, it's straining. Paul says, I'm stretching, I'm straining. I want to know more about him. You know what holds us back? Our flesh. <sighs> Boy, for the day we'll be free from that. Well, that's called heaven. And until then, you better stretch and strain and try to have a relationship with him. Stretch and strain to get up out of the bed in the morning. Creaking and groaning and moaning. <laughs> Making your way to coffee. Right? <laughs> That'll help devotions, don't you know? The main thing is time with him. You got to stretch for it. I remember Brother Sam asking me, Brother Sam, I remember you asking, how's it going? Thinking about specifically the, you know, the busyness between ministry and, and, uh, and family life. And, and I said, man, it's tough. He said, good. <laughs> you know, just full of compassion. <laughs> good. You know what he was saying? I'm glad you care about both because both are important. How's it, how's it going in your spiritual life? Man, it's a struggle. I'm, have, I'm having a hard time. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get close to Him. I'm trying to have meaningful time with Him. I'm trying to get in my Bible reading. I'm trying to be faithful. I'm at least reading the Proverbs and the Psalms. Keep straining. Just keep straining. Just keep reaching. Keep reaching for your Bible. Keep reaching for a prayer time. Man, I only got to pray like five minutes a day and I fell asleep for three of it. Keep straining. <laughs> Keep going, keep, keep straining, just keep trying, keep coming to church, keep straining. I, I realize, yeah, sometimes it does get difficult, but, but remember, he laid hold on you. Lay hold on him, pursue him. Reaching forth, those things which are before. And then again, verse 14, actually the, the verb follow after in verse 12 is the same verb in verse 14, I press, I follow after, I press, I press toward the mark. I, I just keep pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling uh, of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you tonight, you've got no higher calling. No higher calling than to be in a meaningful relationship with him. Let me, let me encourage you with this. All right, look, 
you've faltered, you've failed, you've fallen, get up. Get up and get back in the race. Just keep going. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down on yourself and beat yourself up. Just, just get back into a relationship with him. Maybe it's been months since you've read your Bible. Then start tomorrow. Start tomorrow. Yeah, but I'll probably fail again. Stop talking like that. Get up and run. Go towards him. Don't get discouraged. Um, don't get complacent. Don't think, uh, it's not all that. Oh, it's more than that. I'm struggling tonight to make it as good as it really is. It's a lot better than what I've described to you tonight. Get into a relationship with him. It's got to be personal. No, hey, by the way, nobody else can run your race for you. You got a lane. You got a lane. You got a goal. The goal is the same for all of us. We're all striving together. It'll help you to run with others. I, I experienced that very first time I ran a 10K, I ran with Brother Dennis Steen. I didn't know he was going to be there, but there was Brother Dennis Steen, you know, that used to be here at Southwest. Now he's up in South Dakota and he was uh, running that race and we ran that whole race together and, and, and we talked the whole way. I'm not sure if that was smart or not, but we had good fellowship and he helped me take the, my, my mind off the pain that I was having. You know, sometimes it does help you to be running with others. That's why you're in a Sunday school class and that's why you have good godly Christian friends that you can run with. Ran a race and Brother Steve Mabry was in that, Brother Brad Bigelow and Brother Vance Campbell. And, and, and we all were at different paces. Here's another thing I've learned in running. You've got to run your pace. You can't run somebody else's pace. I can't run as fast as Brother Brad Bigelow. I guarantee it. I ran the first six miles as, with him. He was holding back and I was pushing forward. But I said, you better go on. <laughs> and he did. You're going, to, you're going to have some times, be some times in the Christian life when you feel like, man, I, I want to keep doing this forever. You know what I mean? There's some times when you're running, you just feel like, man, I, I've had like three times like that. I love it. Then there's a lot of times I think, why are you doing this to yourself? And there may be some times I, I had one race where I probably, I, I washed all my electrolytes out. I probably, I, I maybe drank too much water and didn't drink pickle juice. <laughs> That's what some runner told me. Drink pickle juice. Hey man, from the McCracken's, drank some pickle juice. That'll help you, brother. Get some sodium in there and get you going. And, and man, I cramped up. On that race, it was terrible. Um, and I'd walk for a while, and then I'd run for a while, and I'd say, <laughs> boys are making fun of me. I walked and I ran, and I walked and I ran, and I walked and I ran. Hey, listen, there'll be some times in the Christian life when you're cramped up and you're hurting, but you keep going. I didn't, I didn't necessarily come there to win that race. I came to finish it. By the grace of God, I finished it. Yep. Next time I'm drinking pickle juice. <laughs> Amen. One more thing and we're done here tonight. I hope this has been a help to you. Boy, I'd almost like to re-preach it. 
Can I get another shot at this? It's just so important. It's just so important. Um, there's nothing like when you finish a race and there's people there cheering. Man, you finished. You know. <laughs> Can I tell that story, Angie? Thank you. <laughs> that race I ran with Dennis Dean, first one I ever ran. She's going to be there, you know, cheering. And uh, they went to get donuts <laughs> across the line. Angie was gone. The boys were gone. They're going getting donuts. Amen. Amen. Priorities, right? That was awesome. <laughs> oh, mercy. Stephen finished his race and his Savior was standing. Paul finished his race and his Savior was there. Oh, mercy. One of the most wonderful things truly, even about physically running, is the times I've had of just fellowshipping with the Lord while doing so. But, but what I, the main thing I'm saying to you in life is there's some difficult days in the Christian life, but the most wonderful thing is when you know His presence. And you know He's with you. And it may be tough and it may be hard, but He's right there with you. You know that, don't you? Let's make it our goal. The most important goal in your life is not financial freedom. It's not landing that job. It's this, knowing Jesus personally and becoming like Him. That's your one goal, your most important goal in life. Let's stand together here tonight. <clears throat> Have you been pressing? Have you been following? Have you been forgetting those things which are behind? Maybe even good things, accomplishments of the past that could keep you from following in today? Would you please be honest with yourself tonight? Would you not allow the opportunity tonight to really take inventory to pass you by tonight and say, oh, I don't need that. No, listen, friend, this is the most important message probably you've heard this week. And that's not because I've preached it, but it's because of who Jesus is. Do you have your priorities right? Is your eyes on the right goal? Dear God, I pray tonight that everybody would including myself, would really take this to heart. To get our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, I pray, not, not even on just serving you or any other side issues, but Lord, to really, truly know you. I'm thankful today that you, are, you can be known, that you've made yourself known to us, that you're a living Savior. Lord God, thank you. Help us, Lord, to draw close to you in a relationship, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're singing page 283. The Lord spoke to your heart. Turn aside and spend some time with him here tonight <clears throat> as we begin to sing.